Hello, welcome to Thoughts from the Psalms, a series of meditations from the great hymn book of the Bible. I'm David Friary. Psalms 113 to 118, known as the Egyptian Hallel Psalms. Within the book of Psalms, we can draw together various themes and various groups of Psalms. In the last two programmes, I introduced you to the Egyptian Hallel Psalms, Psalms 113 to 118, and how they formed a unity in the way that they were used, and are still used today, by the Jews at the annual Passover celebration and at other key religious events in the Jewish calendar. What I want you to note now is how even within this short series of psalms there is a progression in the way that they follow on from each other and are related. Here's a summary of the six psalms in the series. Psalm 113, God of creation. Psalm 114, God of the exodus. Psalm 115, God of other gods. Psalm 116, God of life over death. Psalm 117, an interlude and a call on everyone to praise God. And Psalm 118, God of our hope and God of our Messiah. Remember we said that these psalms are collectively known as the Egyptian Hallel. Hallel means praise and Egyptian because of the link to the Passover, particularly as emphasised in Psalm 114 about the God of the Exodus, and therefore also its appropriate use in relation to the annual Passover celebration. Now let's begin our study specifically about Psalm 113 and we'll begin by hearing that psalm read for us. Psalm 113 Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high? Who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. Psalm 113 verses 1 to 3 feel like a suitably widescreen introduction to all of God's acts of goodness that will go on to be celebrated in the rest of the Hallel. They are the start of the progression that goes through to Psalm 118. In these opening three verses, Lord is used five times and praise or praised is used four times. Also, name is used three times in each case in connection with Lord, the name of the Lord. Whilst praise also contains the idea of giving thanks, our praise is not to be just because of what God gives us. We praise him first and foremost for who he is, for all his glory, his wonders and attributes. Quite simply, he is worthy. God is the focus of our prayers. In the same way that God's love flows so graciously to us, quite simply because of who he is, so too our thankfulness to him for his goodness 
those from our praise. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created, says Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. God is complete in himself. Theologians call this the aseity of God. He doesn't need our praise for him to exist. Our praise is just the outworking of God's revelation in our lives. When we know God, how can we not praise? Now as we move through this psalm, I want to follow a theme of creation. It's not just that we go back to the start of the book of Genesis and say, Oh look, God created this whole universe and all the world and all the plants, animals and people in six days. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, it is absolutely wonderful, but we mustn't stop there and in so doing fall into the trap of deism, the belief in the existence of a supreme being, a creator, who does not intervene in the universe, but rather remains apart from it and permits his creation to administer itself through natural laws. It's a position which rejects the supernatural aspect of religion, such as belief in the Bible, and instead stresses the importance of ethical conduct. We might think that's a terrible view to hold, and I'm not saying that as Christians we do hold this view, but only that sometimes we might be tempted to act like the world has been left to run itself. The world seems a very terrible and dangerous place these days. Covid is still lurking and doing damage, though seemingly not as bad as it was. But just as we thought the world might be starting to look a bit better, we now see the terrible events in Eastern Europe and Ukraine and wonder where it's all going to end. Famines and wars continue to rage elsewhere too. The loss of food production and export facilities in Ukraine is producing a knock-on effect elsewhere, worsening famine in already hard-hit parts of the world. And of course, right here at home in the UK, we face a series of moral and ethical catastrophes around morality and attacks on freedom of speech which may affect Christians. Of course, we've been here before in all these matters in our world in one way or another. Is the world getting worse or are we just more aware today due to the increased presence of the media and easier and faster communications? Who knows? One thing is sure though that since the resurrection and ascension of Jesus we are living in the last days and at some point and we don't know exactly when Jesus will return. But in all of this we are called on as Christians to remember God. God is still on the throne. He is sovereign. He still intervenes in our world. His presence and intervention didn't stop after the first six days. However bad our world, even our lone lives, if God were to totally withdraw his presence, things would undoubtedly be horrendously worse. Of course, the big question then, though couched in various guises, is this. Why doesn't a God of love stop all the trouble? Phew, that's a massive question which we can't possibly do justice to by way of a few passing remarks in this programme. But we know we must all take human responsibility due to the presence of sin and facing the same judgment. We are all rebels, okay, admittedly some worse than others, but we're all rebel sinners against God. 
and were rebels because we're children of Adam and inheritors of his original sin. God, of course, has intervened in our world to call people back to himself. That's what the incarnation, death and resurrection of Jesus are all about. But so many reject this free offer of the gospel. Only at the end of time will all become fully clear how God has been working for his own glory. Beyond that, I'm not going to pursue the question of suffering any further just right now. Next time in the second part of our study, we will press on with this theme of the God of creation as found in Psalm 113. Make sure you join me then. Sun to the place where it sets the name of-
to discuss anything in this program with me david friary please contact me via our studio please join us next time for further thoughts from the psalms <laughs>